welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 141. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky, and Janice here too. Hi. Hello. Hello. I like that nobody <clears throat> ever knows my last name. Um, um, they don't, they don't need way. to. <laughs> I, was, I was eating my Sofritas burrito bowl, and I got the Sofritas not because I'm vegan, but because it tastes better. Okay, well, we will assess your quiet eating skills, but worst case, there's a mixer here if you need to eat loudly, so. Thank you. I have not moved on to the chips I bought for the community, not thinking about what was going on. I'm just trying to create an ASMR channel. Oh, by the way, I do have to do a a shout out to that, the Chanhassen uh, Chipotle, because they were all of like two minutes late getting my food ready. And they, like, totally gave me the hookup. They make a free drink and put me out in front of, like, everybody else that was in line and everything. And it was pretty awesome. So, albeit I was late, they did a really good job. Yeah, but you're always late. I'm used to that. Yeah, but, I mean, they did – well, I mean, even by my standards. um, That's pretty normal. They did a really good job of taking care of me. So, I'm pretty happy about that. Cool. Moving on to beer. I'm doing water this this week. Why this week? Why, Why water? Why not? Well, I don't know. I guess your health is not failing. Not in the mood for beer. That's fair. Um, Some some mornings I'm just not in the mood for beer. That's absolutely fair. I've been kind of going through that myself. Um, So. I have guacamole. Jan's got guacamole. And I'm drinking a root beer. So I've got the closest thing to a beer. (laughs) Well, it has the name beer in it. So, yes, I think you you win the segment this week. It is carbonated (laughs) and oaky. Carbonated root beer? Root beer's supposed to be flat. No? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, like, carbonated, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, root beer's uh, supposed to be flat, though. Chipotle always carbonates their root beer for that's whatever probably reason. Why, that's probably why it tastes weird, then. Mm, okay. Hmm. Fair enough. All right. Before we get into main topics, I do want to plug Patreon once real quick. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash carpetrage. Take a look at a few open-ended levels we have for direct support for content consumers like you to support content producers like us. Patreon.com forward slash carpetrage. Sorry about that. I probably should have held off on the episode (laughs) until you guys were done eating, honestly. No, no, it's fine. I should have held off on the bike because I thought you were going to take a little bit longer with the uh, Patreon Nah, um, people have heard plug. us plug it before. So. <laughs> so, I want to talk about, I spend a lot of time following auctions and stuff, like, for a classic car market and everything. Because, mm-hmm. you know, well, A, I like to window shop, and B, <laughs> you know, I like to pretend that I'm doing something productive during my day. Okay. Oh, um, so, I think I've found my favorite auction I've ever seen. It's got something for all of us. Okay. Um, this is uh, BH Auctions. I've never heard of them. They're a Japanese auction house from what I can tell. They do a few auctions per year. Mm-hmm. But their upco- upcoming um, Tokyo Terada auction is pretty much like, it's a greatest hits of all the great cars. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of really cool cars. I'm seeing some cool BMWs. I'm seeing some cool Japanese cars. Oh yeah, like what I went through, my highlights... Um, a Ken Murray Skyline, a cocaine out Countach, F40, E30 M3 Sport Evo, uh, Renault Turbo 2, uh, Fairlady Z432, uh, a 512 BBI. Like, this is a great auction. Like, this is probably... Yeah, it's an it's a odd yeah. variety. It's an odd variety of just, like, this is... It's like if we somehow all died in a terrible accident and our car collections went for auction if uh, well dream car yeah. Our, yeah our, our like 
rich, not actually us car collections. Th- this is basically this if you took my, if you took my like list of favorite cars and your list of favorite cars and put them all together, it'd be pretty close. This is pretty much what this auction like is. Like they even have a Renault Turbo Two. Yeah, a Renault Turbo Two, a Honda S eight hundred, like a bunch of really cool stuff. Um, you know, if you want a daily driver. There's a Ferrari 250 GT 2 Plus 2. I mean, it's a great daily. There's even uh, <laughs> actual race cars. Yeah, well, there's a, a 2 Plus 2. Yeah, there's a, uh, a John Player Special mm-hmm. Lotus, a Ferrari F187, uh, 308s, drophead, uh, Jaguar XK120 drophead. Like, a bunch of really cool stuff. So, yeah, I was scrolling through to see what my favorite thing was. I like that F40, but I don't like the aftermarket wheels or whatever the hell those are. Yeah, that kind of got me. I'm gonna I go really, Sport Evo because why not? Yeah, I really like the Porsche. Oh. I also I like the Don't 512. Click on that. that uh, yeah, the BBI is cool. Yeah, BBI I think would be my favorite one. The Ferrari 512. Oh, they're also pretty. There's also a Volkswagen van again. I'm sorry, a Porsche 912. <laughs> <laughs> I just said I like that. Well, it's a good car. The Vanagons are great. It just has a van engine, which okay. is fine. It's nothing against it. It's just a fact. Um, it might however, be a we plus. should note. That Ken Murray is an actual GTR. That's one of 173 that they ever made. I like this S800. The S800 yeah. is very cool. But if you scroll up, so everybody knows the Hakoska, that Skyline right there, the C10. The C110, this one, 1973 only. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mm-hmm. released it like a month and a half before uh, the oil embargo happened. And they were planning on, or sorry, 197. Yeah, that's, I think that's what I said. They were planning on doing like a full production of the car. And they had to kill it like immediately, hmm. and so it's exceedingly rare. So, are these like factory overfunders? That's exactly how it left the factory. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. uh, the wheels are different actually, because they had steel wheels from the factory because they're made for, you know, literally being like taken to a racetrack and not actually mm-hmm. never not ever having any time on the road. So, yeah, it's a cool looking car. Yeah, well, I have the fender mirrors, so you know I like it. Oh yeah. And it looks like a muscle car, which is what I like about old Japanese cars. BH Auction needs to work on their website hosting. It's their website really, is really bad. Pretty slow. It, it's, a, it's a terrible website. But, I mean, you know, it's also from Japan, too. So, like, what, I, what I like that every single one of these cars is incredibly adorable. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, like, super bougie cars, too. That's like a Fiat X19. Like a really, really good Fiat X19. I was going to so, say, yeah, that's a very clean-looking example. The, probably the best it's like one. like butter yellow, yeah. Yeah, mint conditions. Got it's some magnesium alloys. Matching paint colors throughout the entire <laughs> body, which is huge. An engine that probably is running. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just a bunch of things you don't typically it, see. It might actually have rust in the engine bay because not everything's coated in oil. <laughs> yeah, the, they, they cut costs by not putting rust protection on the engine bay or behind yeah, they just because didn't. I just assumed the valve cover would take care yeah, of it. Yeah, they just didn't put gaskets on the engine. That's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, almost every modern vehicle's engine, I guess, is completely gasketless. Yeah, that's why that's why they're all dying. You have to scrap them all the time. Well, just, yeah. Otherwise, you just buy a lot of RTV because that's all of the that's RTV what they're held together with now. Like the tolerances didn't are we so make precise. An RTV gasket for the Subaru. <laughs> um, no. everyone's done it before. I can't remember what it was. I, I did one where I really did shouldn't have. really hood rat. There was, there was one where, I, no, it was, that was the recorder thing, but it, it wasn't supposed to be RTV. It's just that the aftermarket uh, oil pans mm-hmm. are so poorly made. Oh, yeah. That they, Pattern parts. There, there's like an air gap. <laughs> so I just filled the air gap in with a, with RTV. That reminds me of uh, like some like Chevy small blocks, but they're the two-piece 
mainsail ones. Mm -hmm. They yeah. actually have like a felt strip that's included with the oil pan gasket oh, really? set. Yeah, and you and you basically just RTV that between the crankshaft and the pan, and that, <laughs> that is what the seal is. Yeah. It's really, it's kind of terrifying. It used to be cork. I've that's seen why, some. That's why every small black Chevy just leaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of gaskets I have on, even the BMWs here are, are cork, or at least were originally. But I've definitely seen some pretty hood stuff on some cheap cars I've bought before. And yeah. I'm going to use that as a kind of weak segue into, I want to talk about uh, the process of scrapping an old car. Oh, yes. Um, why people are scared of it, uh, what you can actually expect to get for that, like, then and now. And then why people still choose it over tax-deductible donations or just trying to sell it outright. So I deal with this a lot, but yeah. probably it's shifted more from buying stuff to part out and scrap in the last you know 10 years to the last couple of years, buying stuff to kind of just fix and sell back on. Mm -hmm. um, well, a lot of the cars that we used to buy and sell, right. it, it makes you can actually fix them and get your money for them. Well, that and back... I want to say, let's just pick five years ago. Scrap was $350 a ton. So you could take something yes. that was just absolute trash, and it made financial yeah. sense to scrap it. Like, mm -hmm. you take it to the scrapyard, you get yeah. 350 bucks. Like, worry-free, just bring a title. Actually, you don't even need titles that, that's, back that's, then. That's, that's what the minimum price for a car was. Like, if you were on yeah. Craigslist, you would just go by what's the minimum price for yeah, scrap. Yeah, you couldn't get anything running driving for 350 five years ago. Yeah. And now, scrap price is $20 a ton. So you can buy, like really good 15 10 15 year old cars that really don't have any problems mm -hmm. or like nickel and dime stuff like yeah. oh there's a lot of warning lights but it runs and drives for that same scrap value from the, five yeah. years ago that like the the c5 a6s right stuff like that yeah. yeah yeah like okay it needs like both front axle shafts an o2 sensor and an abs sensor All four upper control arms in the front yeah. right but like <laughs> running driving vehicle yeah. probably yeah. that would physical, still keep going like, and it's 350 dollars because you're because you're, you're fighting a $120 valuation from a scrapyard, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get anything from a tax-deductible donation place because what they do when you donate a car is they auction it, mm -hmm. and they give you a deduction based on that auction sale. Yes. But auction cars like that are worth nothing right now. So, so it's actually better than trying to sell it outright because a lot of people don't want to deal with the type of demographic and clientele that's shopping for a $350 car. Yeah, and that makes sense. And, well, so this is the thing, actually speaking, because I am that demographic, um, what's the least amount of money you've ever paid for a car? Uh, that runs and drives or just a car? That you, yeah, that runs and drives. $150. Nice. Okay, that beats me, because my, my cheapest purchase I ever made, 60,000 miles CA Accord, mm -hmm. that was perfect in every way, except for the fact that had been parked outside mm -hmm. every day on the road <laughs> since it was new. Ah. The passenger side was flawless. Like the paint, <laughs> like was literally glistening. I've never seen one that good a condition. The driver's side mm -hmm. was like you could open the door without touching the door handle. Right, very fine. <laughs> uh, I Just paid from, like road salt splash onto it. Yeah, I paid one hundred twenty-five dollars for that, plus a subwoofer I found in a dumpster. <laughs> So that, that was the cheapest I've ever paid for a car. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I did get one car that started and drove forward and backward for $100, but it didn't have any brake discs or calipers on it, so I'm not counting that. Yuck. The one for 150 I drove at home. Um, <laughs> that one you helped me uh, get. That, that hatch? The hatch, uh, Stephen Hawking. Yes. Uh, that one I think was like $60. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so that one was really cheap. I distinctly remember it costing me more in fuel to help you than you paid for the vehicle. Yes. 
And it, it was worth it because I actually did get, like, three parts that I needed for the CRX off of that. And it was – those three parts were worth more than the, I paid for that car. So I find fine. that a lot yeah. these days. I, I mean, remember last... going through the drive-thru to get Shamrock Shakes Oh yeah, that. Yep, me too. It's it's hard to take a car trailer through a drive-thru. Yes, it is. But I, it's doable. I would really wish I had more, like, time with that car because I would have totally like, tried to find, like, an Integra front clip and just, like, welded an Integra front end onto that or something. Uh, just no. Make, just make something goofy. All the parts sat in my sand in my basement. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna knows what would actually happen, which is that. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly how it happens. Yeah. I literally drove to Map and threw everything in front of their cargo doors and made them deal with it Sweet. because I didn't want to deal with it anymore. Sweet. So, um, anyway, going back to the whole scrapping cars, like yeah, like dealing with people. Shot, like you don't want a bunch of like people. Like drawers picking up their their like meth scabs and right. eyeing up all your copper piping in your house That's while the they're thing. trying to buy your, your a, car. A lot of yeah. this stuff. What I deal with, it's German cars. So this is like yeah. probably a three series that somebody bought brand new. Yeah. For their you know wife or something like that, and then ten years later they gave it to one of their kids. Sometimes they gave it to another kid after that. And, like, these things have been let go. Like, they stopped mm-hmm. caring at some point. Mm-hmm. They don't usually need significant stuff. The ones that have bad head gaskets or bad transmissions, they end up in the scrapyard. That's just how it works. But, like, these people, you can tell that they're, like, perturbed that this vehicle that they bought 15 years ago for X amount of money and have had the entire time... Is now completely worthless. No, so. they're, they're, like, they hate to see oh, really? it go get squeezed. So yeah. like That's a if, good point. Even if they get paid less... They would prefer give it to somebody who's actually going to fix it or use it. Yeah. With uh, Ron Janna's uh, super rusty accord. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that I mean, that exact same. I remember that story? Yeah. Yeah, we're 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 not going to scrap that. We're going to donate it to like Hennepin Tech or something. Because like Hen- we scrounge a lot of parts. On yeah, her. like right. well, because Hennepin Tech is a body <laughs> program. They they all they're always looking for like super crappy cars to like sure do like body work on. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we're just gonna give I it to always them. joke that we're going to give it to them, and then all of a sudden it's going to start working again, and everybody's going to be very confused. Uh, That's kind of how that car works. Yeah, that transmission alone is just like a mystery box. Yeah, it really is just, I've never <laughs> seen anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's but just I've, like self-mutilation and self-improvement all in one thing. Yeah. Yes. And before we bought the Accord, I was looking for like kind of like a wagon hatch dealio um because I I didn't have my Sienna yet. And mm-hmm. so I was sh- still sharing the Sienna with both my mom and my sister, which was ridiculous. And so we were looking for cheap cars that I could afford because I had like maybe $100. And we drove uh, an STD. A, Honda. A, a, a Civic. <clears throat> a Honda Civic-based model. 88 yeah. was called the STD, hmm. which and is an abbreviation of standard. I hate to say it. If you only have $100, you really ought to be in public transport. It's yeah, true. but Not I a mean, car. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, I had like a hundred dollars to spend towards a car. Like I, you know. I, again, I, we could also like this is right when scrap like hit the, hit the bucket, and like you could still find right E F E G E K Civics for that price range. So maybe in, not like a like, hundred, really but I, I was looking for a cheap car that I could just use for a little bit, and mm-hmm. then maybe sell parts off of or whatever. And so I, I drove this STD. And um, we started at a gas station, and the gearbox was so messed up that it stalled in the middle of the intersection. Mm. I got pulled over. Just because I'm familiar with this car, do you want me to describe exactly everything that was broken on? Not yet. Oh, wait till Um, 
So I got pulled over on this test drive. The cop asked me if I knew how to drive manual. And I almost cried because it was the first time I ever got pulled over. The cop <laughs> berated me, basically, and we're like, no. Yeah, that's kind of a dick thing to say. Like, like no, it just it stopped working in the middle of the intersection because it, it's just, it's not working. And he's like, right, okay, let us, like, go or whatever. And we finished the test drive very quickly after that because I'm like, I'm not. I, like, gave Ryan a look like I'm not buying this car. And so we, like, finished the test drive. And then Ryan was like... Um, you guys want way too much money for this. You'd get more money scrapping it. And the woman that was trying to sell it to me almost cried. So this is the long and short of that. That car was, it was actually $750. Okay. That's that's what you wanted for that. Uh, it had a blown head gasket. It was a dual point fuel injection car. Where mm-hmm. uh, the second butterfly valve that... So there's one valve that's like the throttle body, and the second one that's kind of like uh, like changes the airflow going to the cylinders. Okay. The secondary valve is completely broken off somehow, like the cable snapped off of it. Cool. Um, I've never seen that happen before in my life. Yeah. Um, the car was super duper rusty everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shift linkage, why Jana couldn't shift it. Every rubber bushing was completely disintegrated. It felt like you're moving the the shifting stick through spaghetti. Uh, and for yeah, and for first gear would change its location. Nice. So sometimes first would be here, and then be like over here, and then once it was like closer to like where second was, which was kind of weird. Hmm. But it was like all entirely about like where I had my you have to like, calculate where it's binding most. I, yeah. Not only was I moving on a like Z and a X axis, I had a Y axis I was moving yeah. on. It's basically a CNC mill for a shifter. It it was like me if I was trying to sell Ron and his current state to anyone else. Oh, man. And being convinced that I could get just under $1,000 for him. So why Janice said like $100? I'm like, I'll give you $100 for that. Scrap is $150. Mm -hmm. You you can honestly scrap it. Honestly, I think I might use maybe the dashboard out of this. (laughs) If anything, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this, this is terrible. Everything was bad. I do yeah. feel a little bit bad telling somebody when I go and test drive or look at a vehicle that's like clearly something they care yeah. about currently that it's worth nothing. Yeah. Like I, back when I ran recycle BMWs, we got a couple of cars. The guys like, no, this is a flagship V12. It's a 98 750 IL in cashmere mm. beige on tan. I'm like, no, mm, no, no. And like it, it, had a, it had a bad, uh, bad engine. I'm just like, dude, this car. That's one thing. This car is worth like two hundred dollars, maybe. Like it has no value. Like the the doors are nice, but it's even a long wheelbase. So like the front doors are the only thing in this car that have value. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I have to pay for the car what I can get out of it, and that essentially is just these two doors. So I'll give you two hundred dollars for this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and the dude was like, no, 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 no. He calls me back the next day, like, oh, okay. Okay. So it was at a shop. Like, you could tell he was, like, getting strong-armed by the shop to get rid of this thing. Yeah. And the repair bill was too high, but I just, I've, like... I've had cars like that come through my shop all the time. Just uh, get a lot of people that are... They go buy, like, a Volkswagen van again. They're super unrealistic mm-hmm. about it. And it's, like, you don't have a chassis. You don't have suspension. You don't have an engine. You don't have an electrical system. The interior smells like pee. Like... <laughs> All the windows are broken. The windshield frames are rusted. Like, you can't even put a windshield in this if you wanted to. Right. Like, 
you don't have a car. I'm sorry. You just spent $3,000 on this. But I think your best option is to scrap it because even I have nothing. that It's like a one nine. Like oh. it's I mean, it's like a worthless Ooh. engine, and it's like a manual transmission. So Ooh. it's like the most common tranny. So it's like this, I can't even give you money for the transmission, which grinds. Like it's like nothing I can do. Cool. <laughs> and yeah, that's just like it. It's like that's one of those things. Like you just have to scrap it. And I think the biggest by like, going back on track with these scrapping cars, you know, sometimes it just makes sense. Like if you got mm-hmm. something like that, where it's like every single system is completely destroyed. Like, you're better off just scrapping it and just getting over the emotional thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it's definitely changed in the last five years mm-hmm. what cars end up in that threshold and how people see it. But, yeah, it, it's gotten better for people like us that like cheap cars because yeah. the, the cars that we would have had to buy to part out that didn't even necessarily run our drive were more expensive back then yes. than they are in running driving condition today. Mm-hmm. And there, but there's still like those things where not every car falls in that category. No, yeah. you still have to be really careful because there <laughs> are know. definitely a lot of cars that are just like, this is a scrapper. Like, there's yeah. nothing good. You, you can still lose money on a $150 car. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's not that hard to do these days. But um, So, mm-hmm. what I want to talk about, speaking of Jana's experience with awful cars. Okay. Uh, even the EFEG EK Civic. Uh-huh. Uh, the hatches? Yeah, those, like the BB4, BB6, Integra, uh, or, uh, sorry, Prelude, the Acura Integra, have always perennially been the most commonly stolen car in the world. Yeah. All oh, the time. I remember that. <laughs> no longer, actually. Oh? Really? There aren't any left, I think. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not sure what would be more popular than a car you could just carry four keys with and have access to. Oh, well, the problem is is everybody <clears throat> thinks that they're popular and everybody has access to them. And unfortunately, this isn't a uh, communist utopia where we all share cars. Um, <laughs> so we're yes, kind of stuck here having these cars that are not really on the list anymore. Um the list for 2018 most commonly stolen cars, um, it was at fi- was finalized this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so number ten was the Jeep Grand Cherokee, Jeep Cherokee, the 2001. Yeah, it makes sense because you got the four liter in there still. You can still the yank out. First year or two had the four liter, but they were like a yeah. really bad cylinder head. So the four liters on those actually aren't desirable. To Weird. My knowledge. So why would you take it then? I don't know. Like the four point seven was in most of those, and that's, that's like I don't remember the origins of that single overhead cam V eight, but it's actually pretty good. Okay, so maybe they take like the V eight cars. Maybe then. yeah. They also uh, offered the five nine, which is a pretty. The, the 2001 Dodge Ram is actually on that list, and that makes sense. That is that like one of the last years of that 93 body style? No, that the 2001 is the Twister body style. Yeah, that body style oh. started okay, in like yeah. 93. Oh, yeah, yeah, so it was until nine, that was until 2003. Well, yeah, but why beautiful. 01? Uh, probably just based off that one particular year. That's probably like the first like the year of the 24-valve Cummins or well, something. Well, I, I think it was probably uh, the 01 just because there's the mm. most survivors of that year. Okay. So kind of like that's so it, it makes sense the further we get down this list <laughs> that they have these specific years. Okay, because you have to understand like uh, how many '93 Dodge Rams are left versus 2001 Dodge Rams. Yeah, that's like true. that makes sense. That's and same thing with these 2000 Cherokees is like, yeah, actually I think 2000 is the last year of the XK or the XJ. I mean, yeah, there were in the Cherokee absolutely. Yeah, the Grand so, Cherokee I think was the new body though. Yeah, so I guess like the last year of the XJ would make sense. Yeah, because then you get like body panels mm-hmm. and stuff. Um. 
This one's weird, but it makes sense once you hear these next four. Uh, eighth place, GMC Sierra 2018. I have huge questions about any vehicle that gets stolen after about 1995 build date so, because of immobilizers. Yeah. I, I'm about to explain that because okay. it's all, all these other ones. 2017 right, Corolla. Mm-hmm. 2017 God, Altima. Weird. 2017 Camry. <laughs> all those cars have a remote start. Oh, okay. So a lot of these remote starts, you can actually get a box that like just sends out every single RFID for that car and then starts it. Cool. So, hmm. uh, yeah, so it's basically what it is. I, I think that was for, like, um, like dealerships and, like, repo men, hmm. like, have access to that. And, of course, like, somebody just takes it home with them. Yep. And then now the secret's out. So, That's probably been copied in China. Yeah, And you can exactly. buy the key and now. The, and then, so that makes sense. And then mm-hmm. with the 2018 Sierra, like, cool, like, now you have, like, a, a fifth-generation LS that you can... <laughs> get for free um so yeah then the corolla alternate camry i'm like that's more like I, those are obviously probably just going to it just albania seems or like something. those are getting repossessed yeah. i think they're just going to albania okay um albania probably has a glut of brand new corollas now um 2004 silverado is on that list that's, that's, um, that that year has no significance. that one is really weird like what like it's it's a year after the facelift yeah, but, but it's like four years from when the body style ended. When did they like do the big update to like how the mobilizers and the keys are? Because I think on was... GM stuff, I don't think they ever have. It's yeah, super so, easy. You can, you know, you can it carry could, a it could be like a, and... it could be one of those things where it's like the mobilizers there, but it's easily defeatable. Or on something. those, yeah, definitely. And it's like like the one year where you have like all the right options. Yeah, that could be. Oh six F one fifty. That makes sense. You know, just because of the amount of them in the world, like that would I guess. make sense. And then notice how many Hondas have been in this list so far, which are none. <laughs> so far. Uh, so far. But the top two, don't worry. It's still there. The 1997 Accord and the 2000 Honda Civic. Uh, that's really weird because the 97 Accord is a split year. I was going to say, is that, it's that e, a It's a CGCD. Yeah. yeah, CD and CG. Hmm. So it's the mid-90s and the early 2000s body. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, we're both like being as weird as like they're phasing one out and bringing the – it was really weird. But yeah, so the 97 Accord, so I imagine it would be the CD Accord. Mm-hmm. I that, think so, yeah. I think of 98 as the CG, actually, whatever it is. because the CG, I mean, mm. if you get like a four-cylinder CG, yeah. that was the only four-cylinder where you have four by one, 114 lug pattern, <laughs> which is like the four-lug pattern, uh, but with uh, rotor over-hub brakes, which are, that that's kind of a big deal. Like That's actually a very sought-after part on Honda Accords, because those Accords are... Um, because those Accords have the uh, the uh, so the des- better brakes. Desirable yeah. as parts cars, then I or? think so. Okay. Because well, I mean that's the thing is nobody ever takes a Honda Civic and then races it like stolen. That's like you take a Honda <laughs> Civic, you yank every part off of it, then you leave the chassis on four donuts in the yeah. St. Paul Street, yeah. right in the middle of the St. Paul Street. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I feel like this has always happened because like my mom's Honda Accord got stolen in the nineties. Yeah. That's and a good car. Left on cinder blocks. Yeah, I mean that was also the last two generations of the F series engine, which is Honda's, you know, one of their best four cylinders. So. I, uh, yeah, but it was it was followed up by the K, which is just better. No, it is, but but the thing is, like with F series, just like the entry price for mm-hmm. like that, and then all the price part, the amount of money you're spending building it, it's like saying like, yes. Technically speaking, an M117 Mercedes V8 is a better engine than a small block Chevy. But the small block Chevy is just so much more abundant and so much cheaper. That's why it has that aftermarket support. 
maybe in 2003 that was the case. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. Is I think, like, that's where they got popular. Cause, like, All right, but these are getting stolen now. Yeah, but, I mean, that's it's now that you have, you know, 20 years of parts availability for it. But, yeah, no, K-Series is a better engine. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I imagine it's because of the brakes. Everybody knows why the EK Civic gets stolen, though. That makes sense. Explain the M.O. of a modern car thief. The M.O.? They were trying to get parts off of it. Well, not in a Honda, yes. I think I think these people are trying to sell these like 2017 and 18 cars. Yeah, what? Well, okay, that so one's just beyond who me. Who the hell is stealing a 2018 Sierra? Well, no, no. somebody that needs a uh, fifth generation. Are they, are they exporting the thing? Are they well, parting it out? I think, are they chop I, think I, it? I imagine they're probably chop chopping it. But <clears throat> what's really just like befuddling me is the Camrys, Altimas, and Corollas. Like, yeah, these are these are the repo special cars. You know what? Those are. <clears throat> Those are also rental cars. Oh. So how many people just, like, steal a credit card, get a rental, and then just, like, and then just abandon the car somewhere? That's... And that would then be ca- counted as a car theft. That's probably what it is. Yeah, that'd be right. That's that probably makes sense. Thief, uh, sorry, fleet-related. That or Albania's full <laughs> brand-new Altimas. <laughs> like, still the Enterprise, like, sticker barcode on the back <laughs> window. That is a really good question, and I don't think we know because we're, we're not... Yeah, car we're not thieves, we're not so. thieves. If I ever meet a car thief, I will be ask sure him. to ask. I'll be my first. Who steals an Altima? Like, why? So they've got a list here of the most commonly stolen new cars from the eighteen model year too. There's yeah, there's true. some overlap, like the yeah. Sierras on there, Silverado. Same these are thing. Okay. every single one of these cars though. Those are all rentals. <clears throat> it's not a single like Fiat or anything weird like that. It's or like a Mirage. Yeah. Those, those there's got to like be rentals. something yeah. fleet related in there that yeah. just like, there's some caveat. Somebody just isn't like returning a fleet car and think it's cause of theft. Right. Yeah. Or you know, just like you said, stealing a credit card and then sho- shoving it in a yeah. container. Yeah. Because that way you've got a key. It makes perfect sense. That's probably a, a big issue. Every single one of those is a common fleet vehicle. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those. Yeah. That's a very good point. That every single one is a fleet vehicle. Well, so. yeah. Of the current model year stuff. I mean, still. Uh-huh. I mean, this makes sense. The yep. the old Hondas makes sense. It's still rod, I All guess. fleet like this is this is like a Ching Chong Bing Bong turbo motor donor. Yeah. So like oh, that kind of makes sense to steal it. That's like a Honda. The F one fifty you'd get the body panels off of. XJs, yeah, people just pimping out their old XJs and they don't have money uh-huh. to buy them. The Ram mm. is really weird though. It's the O one Ram. Yeah, it's is really like, weird. I don't get it. It's gotta be a Cummins thing. Maybe that's like of the first year of some new configuration for the Cummins. Anyway, we spent yeah. Plenty enough time on that. that but but. I, I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, it's <laughs> very, very cool uh, that uh, that the Civics are still there. <laughs> they su- they still exist. It's like, we can, we can always count on you, Civics, to get stolen. <laughs> yes. I'm happy that they still exist. That's, That's why when I was looking at Civics, my of... dad just said no. Yeah, no, absolutely not. There's yeah. many noises in the middle of the night in St. Paul streets, and most of them are Civics being chop-shopped. <laughs> It's true. You know, we were we found a beautiful like dream house, and then we saw that it was really close to Frogtown, and we're mm. like, ooh. Not uh, with how many Hondas you guys yeah, have. Yeah, I was like, no. oh. Honda. All right, I want to talk about a better noise you might hear in a more affluent part of town in the middle of the night. <laughs> okay, what would that be? <laughs> That'd be an AMG exhaust <laughs> cold start. Oof, um, yes. The latest W205, I think we're selling W205 C Class, the facelift one, the C63 AMG, four liter twin turbo V8. Mm-hmm. Very cool. AMG still somehow manages to make it loud, which is impressive Perfect. with turbos. Perfect. I love that. They have now added a loud start feature to yes. the car. You know that? So That's amazing. I actually read this story at work when I was eating lunch. 
And I said that out loud. And uh, my, my, my coworker goes, why, why would you ever do that? Because they car? sound great. No, I said, this exists solely for the I'm mad at my HOA demographic. <laughs> like, that is the only reason that option exists. Shows you citing me for leaving my garbage can out for an extra four hours. Yeah. So <laughs> how you activate this, you get in your car with your fob or whatever and turn on the ignition and you pull either one of the paddles as you hit the start button to start it. Yes. And it leaves all the flaps and the exhaust in the default open <laughs> position instead of the closed position. So, like, there's a video. I actually watched it. It really doesn't make it that much louder. But just the fact that that's, that's built into the programming of the car. Somebody did that. Just to make it louder. Like, I also love that on the Jalopnik article, everything is written in caps. Yep. <laughs> The entire article. I just Hello there. Say... I'm sorry if I'm speaking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's pretty. The, great. the entire article. Yeah, no. Uh, Kristen Lee went through the entire article entirely in caps. It's, it's hilarious. It's pretty great. So the old people will also enjoy the loud start feature. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, well, it's great. I like Scott's comment. But now, or the neighbor has a Tesla. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Mm. But uh, also, we should note that it um, also raises the idle oh yes speed. it does it yep. does raise the idle speed and extra 200 rpm and uh leans it out so it crackles yep <laughs> i love that i just have to say that exhaust is giving me feelings so <laughs> i want beautiful it is a really good looking exhaust now i want to talk well, about it's just something. like starting up your car after leaving cars and coffee and giving it the couple oh, yeah. extra yeah. reps it's just a computer doing it for you you now. don't need so, the brips nope. you you got loud start computer has brips. i want to talk about my next helmet as my current helmet is is it expired now? No, it expires in 2020. Okay. However, uh, there is the oh Shoei NXR Zork. How am I not surprised that your <laughs> helmet looks like a David Hasselhoff video from 1988? I love this helmet so much. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not sold in America. Um, is it not uh, DOT or what's the other no, one? Snell it's, certified? it's not DOT or Snell. It is FIA, though, which you can... Uh, so you can do tracks. track days yeah, with it. Yeah, you can it. still do track days with it. The the issue is you cannot bring it into America as a helmet though. So bring it in as a coffee table. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. So I was talking. I was talking to uh, Keith, the guy I sit next to, who's a big yes, motorcycle you're, you're guy. A man you're, crush you're at work. Gentlemanly lover. Uh, so I was talking to him about this, and actually, this is a really common issue with a lot of people that are into like cafe racers and stuff. Is mm-hmm. there's just there's a much larger cafe racer community in like Europe and in India. Sure. And so you get helmets from there that are a lot cooler than what we have. So a lot of people go and they get their like vintage styled helmets and they try to bring it to America as a helmet and it gets seized by customs mm-hmm. because it's not DOT compliant. So okay. what they have to do, you actually import it as a work of art as a sculpture. Oh. And that's how you do it. I mean, this could very well be considered a work of art it not, totally is I, not to my taste but that is a work of art to me i love that thing's awesome um but uh no the, so but the issue is then if you crash like with it on your insurance will go he wasn't wearing a helmet because it was he's a wearing work of a work art, of art. He, he's wearing michelangelo's well, then, david hopefully on you have your endorsement which means you don't need to wear a helmet that's true but i mean like as far as like any insurance increases or anything go? I'm not sure how that all that works. Yeah, so. I, I could see that still being a problem. Just, yeah. just fabric. Yeah, well, yeah, yes. So, 
apparently, it's apparently importing a helmet totally blows, so I think I'm just going to have to get another Simpson whatever. Just have a, a helmet wrapped rapid. like that. I, I Actually, what I was going to do is I wanted to get a Simpson helmet like the Stigs, but I wanted to do an Ayrton Senna livery on it, so yellow with the blue and green uh, stripes around the back. I highly recommend just their naked carbon fiber helmet. They're great. I like white. Okay, Caucasian, but that's fine. <laughs> Racist. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> that that was a short one. I just wanted to mention that's that fine. the uh, the show I Zork exists. That's fine. Well, the next one we can we can share it too because you apparently wrote in the notes after I put it in here that you were going to run it as well. So I the literally was Cannonball <laughs> the C to C officially kind of disbanded 10, 15 years ago, but unofficially still very much alive and able to have a record attempt done. Um, I'm not actually sure when these guys ran. I know there's some statute of limitations yeah, that they, they waited for, but 2015 E63 AMG Weiss Tech went coast to coast in 27 hours, 25 what? minutes. So that is like three hours faster than the last record of just it about 30 hours. obliterated that record, yeah. And they finally cracked the over 100 mile per hour average speed. So they averaged wow. 103 miles per hour. Wow. Was it 103 or was it 109? I think it was 103. Yeah. Um, we can play the video for well, the people just went to watch. 193 too, but... is their top speed. Yeah, that was their top speed. That's Bonkers. Previous record from Ed Bullion in that CL was 31 hours, 4 minutes. Wow. That's incredible. That's amazing. But yeah, this this E63 is great because they painted the red calipers gray. Yep. They vinyled over parts of the taillights to make to it make look, like, look an like an accord. Like an accord yeah. They took <laughs> off all the amazing. badges. It was... It's clever. Well, uh, so I, I was... I that. actually... I, I watched the video on how the guy did it and he's mm-hmm. like... Actually, what I did was... I transferred the title so I could legally run two different two, plates. Two sets of plates, yeah. Because there was a statue of limitations in which you can still run your old plate. Okay. Yeah. And so he did this during that. So <laughs> if he did have any yeah, issues, he registered the day he before could, or something. He could change plates mm. and just say, "Oh, I didn't change." Or and then if he gets pulled over with that plate, it would still be on the be illegal on the car and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really cool how they did this. Um, yeah, it's got I, a lot of balls I should go out there and say, yeah, I did that. I highly <laughs> recommend the VinWiki video. Um, yes. They've, they've actually done a couple now. They've done one after this article was posted, too, on just the countermeasure devices they've used. Yes. I, I thought it was just so cool. The just... most interesting countermeasure, in my opinion, was the uh, small plane crash yeah. avoidance system, which is basically just a transponder that warns you whenever there's another aircraft within a certain number of miles yeah. for tracking the aircraft speed tracking, which yeah. is a big thing. And it's so if you ever if you if if you don't leave the cities very often, uh, it's a lot more common in the country. But if you the ever microphone cables rubbing on your uh, oh, sorry. if you uh, if you are driving like out in the country, you see those weird kind of stripe lines that go um, not the parallel, but they, perpendicular they, perpendicular yep. to the the rest <laughs> of the road lines. Do you know what I'm talking about, honey? You drive out in the middle of nowhere. I literally don't pay attention. Look at the lines; you'll see these, these, these little white, hash marks. These little hash marks that are perpendicular and those are ways for uh aircraft to be able to track your speed as they count how long it goes takes for you to go from one of those to another one of those because okay. i think it's something like a quarter mile yeah it's it's a well, i think the distance does vary but it's yeah. it's a long enough distance where if you're just doing a pull and you go back down you could technically avoid a ticket yeah yeah you would have to know the tracking but yeah in like iowa nebraska especially the, that's actually really pretty common yeah. on clear days so it's always good to look up if you're allegedly going to go a bit faster or get a aircraft crash avoidance system. yeah i don't know how much that transponder thing costs a or lot. the uh, implications of running one in a ground-based vehicle but 
it's clever. Yes, it they, is. They didn't really touch on the roof night vision scope very much. I'm guessing it didn't work very well. Uh, but that was that was a um, heat sensitive camera. Okay, so and it was camera. very 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 finicky, and so they couldn't rely on it at all. However, the thought was you'd be able to see if they're using a laser, it would light up the entire piece of glass that was shining through because mm-hmm. it, would, it, would, it would actually light that up. So it would be able to see like a laser beam being shot at you or an infrared beam. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's actually uh, – that one, these like – honestly, most of these you probably do, but like that one I wouldn't really recommend. That's totally unrealistic. Yeah, I, I think that one didn't really work as advertised for them yeah. because they didn't talk about it at all in the Vin Wiki video. But yeah, they're you know good radar detector – Ways, yes, and oh, then they I had a lot Waze of they so had a lot of help from spotters yes. in certain parts of the country, especially Ohio. It sounded like they just I think they had something Ohio. like they had something like 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 thirteen different spotters or something. I th- I On the entire route, yeah, I think they had seven of them yeah. in just Ohio. That, oh my god! <laughs> well, I think they made up some time through Ohio, and they said uh, one of the spotters got pulled over going to spot for them, doing like a hundred and thirty. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> Not their problem, <laughs> right? But these guys didn't get pulled over. They had two close calls. Uh, one was. Triple digits past a, a cop in the medium, but he was facing the other way. Oh, I've done and that. And the before. other one <laughs> was far enough away where they just they were waiting for the cop to flip around, and nothing happened. But apparently later on the police scanner, like they were having radio issues or something like that, so they also weren't fully paying attention or something. Thank God. I know, but uh, yeah, oh it sounded goodness. like Ohio was. Where they had both of those close calls too. So the, but... the the universe blessed this run. Yeah, it I mean. To happen. You you really have to be hauling the mail. I mean, it, this this is the tw- between twenty and hundred and thirty two hundred miles. I can't actually remember oh, the yeah. exact figure, it's, but it's a lot of distance to cover yeah. in just over a it's, day. I think it's it's just over twenty nine hundred miles from the station. Um, but it's it's super cool, yeah, and I think the E sixty three is a great choice for the vehicle. Well, so another thing that they <clears> mentioned, and they said the, they said this is the most important part, and this is something nobody ever wants to talk about or hear about, but it's driver comfort. It, mm-hmm. You have to do it yeah. in a comfy car because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. there's no way you're about to take a gutter on a Civic with like an H series in it. Mm-hmm. Oh god! Go and they were it. even commenting they put on purpose they put all season tires on it because they go through mountains. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like summer tires are a really bad idea. Oh, awful yeah. idea! Yeah. So I think they put uh, Michelin Pilot Sport AS3s on it, and apparently those are rated for 190 plus miles per hour because. Oh. <laughs> so they did a lot of research. I, my my favorite idea. Is, I'm yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. They did a lot of research and a lot of care went into this. Like this is. Modern engineering. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, like, I think, you know, if it could be done legally just for testing, that would, I mean, the safety, whatever, would so, get really good insights on this. And this, this guy has attempted the record a couple times before in an old Monte Carlo. That's hilarious. Oh, God. So, it this, didn't work. this is my favorite part is this guy probably went to like a Tires Plus and bought some tires. Probably. And he's like, I need V-rated tires. And the guy, well, we got these H-rated. He goes, no, I need V. They're like, you're never going to really get to the speed. He goes, I need As a car comes in with a thermal scope on the roof. (laughs) Right. These V-rated tires will be used. Right. I but need to be in L.A. tomorrow. It sounds like this car was, is just his daily driver. And like really? he said, beside you know, a, a look over at a shop, an oil change, and tires. He just ran his daily. Oh, and they cut out half the rear seat so they could get a little more depth for their bins. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's another important part. But yeah, it was a three-person crew, a spotter, a navigator, and a driver. And I believe the driver probably switched off a couple times. But 
That's a seriously impressive thing. Yeah. Uh, all of the people that have set the records in the last 20 years are, it seems like they're pretty close friends. I think my favorite, I think it was Alex Roy that did it, but mm-hmm. he had an Infinity crossover and he put in a fuel cell, a gigantic fuel cell. Well, he so did he it in an M5. No, there, it wasn't him. There was somebody. But there was somebody Ed Bolian did, did two like hundred gallon fuel cells in the trunk of that Mercedes. No, there was a guy that did one in a in a Infinity. Really? Yeah, I've with, never heard about that guy. Because I, I remember it was like it was an Infinity like QX fifty. Oh no! <laughs> it's just it's like, gonna do like eight miles to the gallon at those speeds. It, oh, that's the thing is he just got like he just filled the entire trunk as a gas tank and like that it, seems really unsafe. <laughs> it was like the only it was like the I think even, it was like the last one. Even was, this, the whole trunk is just fuel I cell. Think, I think this is the last <clears throat> that was the last record that was done under under a hundred miles per hour uh, average, if I'm not mistaken. You might you might be right, but I I haven't in the research and looking I've done on this I don't I don't. There, I'll, have to, I'll have to look it up. It must might, not have been a winning time. It, I might not have been, but it was it, it was definitely an entertaining thing to re, to read. Oh yeah, he did it in like a giant SUV, which is hilarious. It's um, it's a little more inventive than doing it in a twin turbo E class. I mean, this car had a bunch of Weiss Tech uh, mods on it, it fully stock, like yeah. hard points, but it had a 700 horsepower tune on it. Yeah, and then yeah, it was unfortunately tuned for '93, and I think they ran into fueling issues. But um, it's still it's pretty cool. I don't know how many fuel stops they made. Uh, the fuel on board on the car was about 100 gallons, mm-hmm. so they were able to go pretty far. That's so <laughs> And a couple of the spotters, they actually had them ahead of time with both like the premium nozzles, I, like working pump ready to go. <laughs> so apparently, because they, they fill up the cell in the trunk and the main tank of the car at the same time. That's and really funny. Transfer pumps and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, she goes both ways. Cannonball movie. But, and um, to answer Sky's question, I don't know if there's an EV record. I assume so. If there, yeah, that would actually be a good one. The EV record, yeah. The just, Cannonball, I think, is just any vehicle. Yeah. Um... Now, speaking, this was a uh, Jalopnik article that we yeah. did, and Alex Roy actually is a Jalopnik contributor, one of the guys I mentioned previously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually want to say, I, I do have something to talk about with Jalopnik. Uh, Patrick George, the editor-in-chief of Jalopnik, he is stepping down as editor-in-chief. Um, no, not Jalopnik. Yeah, don't worry, they're, they're still going to be around. It's just Patrick George is leaving. Um, he's been around for, like, a long time, think for its entire existence not as editor-in-chief but at least on like some level he's been there this e3 on here is pretty cool yes he drove that across the, uh, from seattle to new york it's pretty neat i like uh, those uniroyal tiger paws i know right <laughs> oh my god those are tiger paws yep um but yeah so he's just like dealing with <laughs> tiger's paw they, they were jalopnik and like gawker media and was bought out by a uh private equity firm Oh, and he's just like the last couple of years have just been a disaster. He's like, luckily Jotnik hasn't like pissed off anybody, but he's like, it's just not fun anymore. Sure. And he's like, I just feel like I need to pass the torch. You know, I really love you guys. You're everything. So we, we love him too. He's given us a lot of very, very cool. A lot of the articles we cover here on Carbitrage I are would say sourced half. from Japlopnik. <laughs> Easily half. But um, yeah, they've been around for 15 years, which like mm-hmm. in the internet world, that's a dinosaur. They started with Web 2.0, and now we're here. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been around forever. <laughs> um, yeah, so he'll, he'll be missed. Uh, it's not like he's dead or anything. <laughs> it sounds like you're eulogizing the man. Right, so, <laughs> But uh, he's not dead or anything. He's just not working at Jalopnik. So maybe. basically dead. Yeah, maybe, maybe he'll get like a job like top here or something. We, we have a fourth microphone. Yeah. 
Oh. Feel free, Patrick George, can to I, come. Can I yes. add in add in a subject? Yes. Real quick, I, I found out that Dax Shepard's oh. now on American Top Gear. That sounds like what you learned. Oh no! This is this one's actually cool because the, the new crew is actually pretty cool. Yeah, I, I don't. It's think, Rob Cordry and Dax Shepard. I don't think either of us have put this on here, so we can talk about that. Yeah, let's do that real quick because uh, I'll pull up the. Just because, like, when they first rebooted like Top Gear America, it had that Joey from Friends, and I don't know if he knew anything about cars. No, well, that, it was that's normal Top Gear. That was real Top. Oh, Gear. that was real Top Gear. That and wasn't a. He does. Oh. He's vaguely a car enthusiast. And he just happened to have a lab. A lab. Like a celebrity lap record. Yeah. I actually oh, inadvertently I watched the, the Top Gear UK Matt LeBlanc guest spot with uh, yeah. Clarkson yeah. last week, too. It was interesting. But, yeah, so they're rebooting this on Motor Trend On Demand. Yeah, okay. it's, which I think is a way it's better... It's a good idea. The yeah. current UK repository is on there anyway. So BBC yeah. has a deal with Motor Trend anyway. Well, I think, I think it's just like Top Gear America like doesn't have the reach that original Top Gear had. I think... Well, cable is a dead medium. Right. So it's but Grand just, Tour is on an internet-only streaming yeah. platform. Exactly. I think so. that this is a really good way to have like an uh, American style of Grand Tour. Um, I, 66% of this cast I'm really into. I love Rob Cordry. I love Dak Shepard. Uh, Jethro Bovingdon uh, looks awesome. He's a very, very... T- we had a hard time oh, looking at his face. That's he's, why I recognize him. He's very difficult to look at. <clears throat> yeah. Is he, he from Carwow or Auto Car? I think, yeah. I, I think Carwow. From, yeah, Carwow. But he, yeah. um, he, he looks like, um, I think he looks like Pat Oswald. If Pat Oswald like, lost all of his uh, weight. Lost a bun- bunch of weight, yeah. Yeah, it, which like, it does not like work. Because Pat no. Oswald like, looks perfect the way he is. But this is like. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard that described that way. Like, but... he, he looks perfect the way he is. Jethro Bovington is like exactly why I say <laughs> Okay, Pat's mother. <laughs> yeah. You look perfect just the way you are. <laughs> I, this, I think Pat Oswald looks perfect. Because he could look like that, which is terrible oh, looking. God. I don't. Oh it's God. gonna be very difficult to look at him. I'm excited for this. I have yeah, more I car show content. Like I burn out internet repositories of stuff I want to watch super quick these days. Oh yeah. Oh. So I'm, yeah, I move, I'm, I move I'm on like really stacked. really weird like YouTube channels and stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. why I watch like vintage PC hardware video channels yeah. now because I'm like this is interesting to me <laughs> still and I haven't fully exhausted. <laughs> yeah. No, I was really excited because when I was younger I had a <clears throat> giant crush on Dax Shepard and now he's reemerging <laughs> in the media and mm-hmm. uh. Teenage Jan is very exciting. I, I think that <laughs> Jethro Bovington should take a hike. They should bring back um, Rutledge Wood, but he were, he does NASCAR now, so he's 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 sitting pretty. I was looking for the actual launch date. I don't remember if they said. I know it's 2020, but I don't know when it is. Either way, stay but tuned yeah. for that. That's gonna be cool. I'm really excited. Um, Thank you, Jennifer, for reminding us. Oh, also speaking of other things, auto show related and the internet related. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off. Um, uh, uh, huge tracts of land. J- James Pumphrey. Sorry, I was blanking wow, on his yeah, last name. I, I wasn't going to get that. I was. I was saying J- James from Donut. Mm. Uh, I was trying to blank on his last name. Mid- yeah, James. Yeah. P- James Pumphrey's back. He's doing well. He's definitely a lot more calm than he used to be. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's mellowed out a bit. Yeah, yeah. Hard to see that to you, but it's really good to see he's back. Also, in his absence, mm. I found another really good uh, YouTube channel I really like. Uh, Hoonigan Autofocus. Hmm. Um, Larry Chen. Is that a sub-channel for just the Hoonigan channel? Yeah, okay. but it's just Larry Chen. Um, God, he is he's awesome, but also really difficult to look at. Well, you you don't have to look at him because he's behind the camera. Okay. But he it's uh, him doing vlogs of his photo shoots and like actually cool. talking about the cars and not just not, – not like a – That's n- pretty neat. Yeah, not like the Chronicles vlog where it's just – Chronicles of Riddick? 
No, that's uh, stickydojo.com, oh, where it's just Joey Lee no. eating, eating sushi. <laughs> oh, it's mukbang, it. mukbang. <laughs> that's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Hoonigan Autofocus, very good to watch. Mm. Highly recommend it. Fair enough. And that's, he talks I, about I cool cars. I will look into that, because, yeah. yeah, like, as we were just talking about, I run out of car content <laughs> yeah, exactly. to look at sometimes. That's what I thought about. I was going to talk to you about that anyway, because he did uh, some other, some cool BMW. Do you remember 2018. Uh, yeah, it was like eight years ago. Vaguely? Cool. Yeah, so anyway, last year, Carbitrage, we had two cars of the year. Yes. One of them was the Corolla 6-speed hatch, which is still red. The other was the Genesis G70 6-speed. Yes. The G70 6-speed is getting a mid-cycle refresh sometime in the next year-ish with Ooh. the inline 2.5-liter turbo engine with about 330 horsepower Woo. to replace the 2-liter. Woo, yes, but, 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 it but, sounds but. like this but. new block does not bolt to that manual transmission they use in the 2-liter. <gasps> So, very worrying, and possibly going to kill the manual, which accounts currently for 4% of current new G74 cylinder take rate, which I still think is enough to keep it around. 4% is actually surprisingly That's high not bad. For, that's uh, about what the Corvette was up through the C7. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good take rate for manual. Of course, also, 4%, I mean, that, that's probably what the take rate of like a Fiat 500 or Barth was versus a normal Fiat 500, so it's like... Uh, I don't know. In this country, I don't think so. In Europe, almost certainly, yeah. yeah. Because, like, like, the Americans are like... Yeah. Was, I mean, like, As they 4%, always are. 4% is a totally reasonable... Sorry. 4% is <laughs> a totally reasonable take rate for a, for a you know, manual yeah. luxury sedan. It's it's a niche thing, I'll grant, but, like, that that is the only option. Don't take this away from us, Hyundai. Well, I want to be able to request a manual. Well, all right, so this is a thing. You, you know, I was talking about... Uh, pretty much every episode, but specifically a couple episodes ago, uh, how you, you need something to actually bring people into the show floor. Yeah. Like, yeah. Onto the like show this floor. is a reason to go to a Genesis That's dealer. That's why. You go, to the de- you go to the Hyundai dealer, you go to the Genesis section, and then you no, walk out. they have separate dealers. Oh, they do? Yeah. No? That's good. Yeah. You go to the Genesis dealer, and then you walk out with a Santa Fe, like, because oh. your wife got in the way or something, or your, if you're the cool wife, your husband got in the way, or your mother or something. <laughs> Somebody got in the way, but and now, here, you, now you have a... a, a crossover genesis doesn't sell suvs so i like that you saw my dirty look i think i didn't see it oh well i felt it look how handsome this car is so handsome yeah i love it it's a good looking car i like i'm excited for that to be a used offer that looks like i I just know because it's a hyundai that's gonna have just muddy speakers in it though yeah but you can fix all that and it's a manual and it has a really nice interior that's a good point these like like, like, i would i would honestly no problem drive one of those every day that's actually big praise about a Korean car. Well, it made our car of the year last year. I know. So it's a, that's a very, very good, good car. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, so if you're listening, Hyundai Kia Genesis, uh, keep the manual when you put yes. the better engine in it. Or Please. keep the two-liter around with the stick as a base model or something. But yeah, the two-liter stick, it has to stick around because that's... Yep. Otherwise, we would yeah. love the 2.5 with the manual. Don't well, the thing wrong. is, I like the bugs in that photo. <laughs> oh yeah, this car is not clean. I think another another <laughs> another very important part about the manual transmission in the Genesis, even though it's four percent, I think that's what really separates it from its competition, because you really have to get over the fact that on that VIN, it says it's yes. made in Korea. I also really I don't like even care. Korea stuff's good. But I know, but I mean, you don't. I like care. the rhombus screen. You don't care, but a lot of the trapezoid. Tra- that is, oh, that, yeah, trapezoid. That is a, that is a trapezoid. Uh, 
You don't care about a lot of people that are buying BMWs or cross-shopping these. Uh, they did before BMW started just violating their own heritage with well, their I'm talking, I'm talking about the normal people. I understand. Not, but not enthusiasts. Not enthusiasts. There are a lot of enthusiast-grade people that are displaced from these car groups right yeah. now, though. And, I and think, they're willing to try new things. And so this is where uh, this is actually what my Give point is, is that the enthusiasts are going to Hyundai. The enthusiasts, mm-hmm. that's at 4%. Yeah. But it's at 4% that are very, very cool looking. Mm-hmm. And that 4% is what made the 3 Series special. Yep. Because that 4%, if, if you had that 4% of cool people driving yeah. the 3 Series, <laughs> and if they were driving a You're Cadillac right. Eldorado, guess yeah. what would still be in production? The 4% of people that bought these cars were the people buying brand new M Sport rear-wheel drive BMWs. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And then, so that's this 4%. Manual and if this goes away, that 4% is going to go away from that. And I right. really think that then that's... Then they have to buy a Model 3 Performance. And, and that's the thing, is that's what's really making Hyundai's... Genesis line right. actually stand out from just everybody else that wants a leather interior I and, agree. and like te- a fancy trapezoid nav. Trapezoid screens. Yes, and the trapezoid and screen is pretty cool. Press because of this being the only manual offering, people it's come got, into the showrooms. It's and a very valuable. They don't find a manual, and then they end up buying an auto. That that is actually a very that's exceedingly. Yeah, I don't think they're ordering them. So yeah, you really do have to be dedicated. But you're right; it's a very valuable four percent of people because they're the people being displaced from the performance Germany. I'm not getting exercise. You know, Scott has a really good point with that because back when I was selling Subarus, I had a lot of people that would come through looking for like a manual Impreza or -hmm. a manual Crosstrek, and I just didn't have the options they wanted, and they just go get an automatic and go whatever. Like, it's an interesting point though, because if they have to engineer a transmission for the new two five, why not engineer it for the three three and then p- offer it in the Stinger and the G seventy? That would be a, a perfect option. Because the three three T is pretty good. Yes, and, and I think their V six has had a pretty. Everybody has said standard. that the Stinger would be a million times better with a manual transmission. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, so that's like the Supra. I was like, there's a reason why it's not in my garage right now. So it's the I same guess thing. My question is: We always talk about take rate with manual transmissions. Mm-hmm. Um, we never talk about percentage or uh time to move on manuals like how long a manual transmission sits on a lot before it gets sold compared to your average automatic Mm -hmm. it depends because i know when we were looking for you know yaris's and those tiny vehicles the cars have been sitting around literally that's a very good point yeah but you know at your subaru dealership they were like you would just call me and be like, they have a manual in this. And then be like, oh, just kidding. I just sold it. That's a, that's a very good point. Like, so there must be, yeah, a, there must be, there must so be the some box, sort of... It's like you're seeing it as a, a, a downgrade. Or like, yeah. oh, yeah. I guess I'll accept a manual to save some money. Yeah. Whereas like a Subaru, like, I know how bad the CVTs are. So I'm really looking for a stick. Yeah. <laughs> and in one of these, you're like, I really hate automatics. And I'm not ready for an EV. Yeah. yeah. Give me so, that. I, there should be... I'm... I I have not taken nearly enough time in statistics class to learn this, but there has to be some sort of metric that you can make that takes the, like the time on lot for a manual transmission and then compared that to the number of requests and then see like, like there should be like some sort of metric. I think the people that are in charge of the decision that are removing all the manual options need to sit in a Mori Subaru dealership for a week. Not and just Maury's, any Subaru. Yeah, whoever Subaru allocates dealership. dealership lot vehicles. Yeah. The people that specs all season tires instead of summer, the same person that specs the options. Yeah. They need to order a few managers. I know Christian at uh, Subaru, he's the, the, one of the regional sales managers for the Minnesota uh, Subaru sales. Uh, he literally said to a customer once, 
when a customer asks, why isn't there a manual Outback sold in America when it's made in America? Mm-hmm. He said, because you're the only one looking for that. That's not true. Word for word, what he said to the customer. Oh. And I lost that sale. Thanks, Christian. Because <laughs> he was like, not only because they didn't make it, but because he was a dick. Mm-hmm. And like, you could have easily said, well, it's available in the Forester. Right. Yeah. And like, you could just get the Forester. And you could get the Outback with a stick. No, you couldn't. You're right. That was only Canada. They yeah, made it. They though. make it yeah. in America. It's made in Indiana and it goes to Canada. Yeah, but yeah. like, I just remember whenever I'd visit That's the a very good point. There's a lot of people that are looking. You were always ordering and in, like moving cars around different dealerships to get more manuals. I, I sold. I think it's, it's a lack of education and the people that work in dealers, honestly. That's a very good yeah. point. I, so I worked there for 14 months. I sold probably two Crosstreks. Two premium cross tracks per month. With and a stick? No, I mean two premium cross. So I, I sold a total of 28 premium cross tracks when I worked there. That particular trim level. And I know for a fact that I did at least 10 uh, dealer trades to get a manual one. Mm-hmm. And of those, five of those were in Hyper Blue. Because I know I sold five manual Hyper Blue cross tracks. And every single one of those had to be made to order. And I, I don't know, in a company like Subaru, where that vehicle is probably made in the States. So like, like how long does it... made in Japan, but yeah. Okay. But, yeah. like, it, the fact... Okay, so if you have a, a new car that is available as a manual and somebody yeah. is willing to wait for it, like, how long does that take? So, well, with... So, like, with the Crosstracks, those were... When I say made to order, they were allocated. Mm-hmm. So what they were done is they were pulled off a container ship, and instead of going to, like, Alabama or something, they'd take it to whoever's requesting it. Sure. So that goes a little bit faster. Now, if this person, like, this is why they give you these, like, exact, concise offerings as opposed to, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, you can get nav without nav. You can get, like, the blue mirrors or the red mirrors with this sticker package. Like, you can't really do that, Subaru, because half their cars are made in Japan. Sure. And that would then take months and months and months. But with Subaru, like, it's actually pretty quick because they usually have that car available. It's just you have to wait like three or four days. All these people are like blindly buying a car they've never driven. Yeah, they, I, I've, because what the dealer I'll do, doesn't have one to yeah, test. Yeah, what I'll do is I'd have to like do like some really weird stuff where like if somebody wants to drive a manual Crosstrek and I don't have one the lot, I'd have to because I know the cars. I go well, it's the, this manual transmission is available in this car, so I'd have to go find like a used one like at our sister dealership at Mazda, <laughs> yeah. take him like. 15 minutes out of their way to go have them drive, like, a 150,000-mile, like, Impreza manual. With probably the wrong engine but the right transmission. Yeah, and then, and then I, like, go take them back. Go, All right, now, now imagine that transmission but in this brand-new car. And then they're like, okay, yeah, I do really want that. That sounds great. <laughs> like, but it's like, I mean, that's a pain in the ass. And there were so many people that were just like, oh, whatever, I'll, I'm just going to take the Outback and just be done with it. And that was an increasing problem even after the E-Series uh, e chassis three series like yeah. the, the f cars like i knew a few people that were asking me like it's really frustrating i want to test drive a 346 speed they exist but i can't find one oh, and yeah. every time i call the dealer like oh you just want the automatic no it's like yeah, no, no I, I i'm don't. calling because i want the manual well yeah. we when we test drove a ticket. fiat like that was a huge pain in the ass for me and then also yeah when did the yaris and yeah. the mirage the the yaris was the most horrifying experience because the tires on that had they had they lot had rock. Spots. Yeah. They nice. had like the car obviously mm-hmm. hadn't been moved in a very long time, so there were issues. And then 
We should we should also uh, say this is Walzer Toyota in Bloomington. That yeah, I'm into. that uh, you <laughs> throw know, my, him under the bus. My, oh yeah, that, that salesperson was awful. So. And and like the thing is, I was going there as a returning Toyota customer that has bought from Toyota Walzer and specifically had my car serviced at this dealership several times before. And I went, yeah, I kind of want, I want uh, my, I went, I told them I was like, hey, my sister lives in California. She has a Yaris manual. I would like to i'm interested in one too and he's like well you've got a sienna why don't you want to drive the new sienna and i was like no my mom has the new sienna i don't want to drive a new sienna i want to drive the new yaris and he was the entire ride while well, we're having all these issues with the yaris he goes this is why you want another sienna and i was like no don't tell me what i want I furthermore like, the other thing the other thing that really got me um the dude spent most of the test drive making fun of the Mirage, which I love. All right, I remember this. And that, the, that, about yeah, this we, we've podcast. talked about this before, but yeah, that's just like a terrible experience. And it's people don't take you seriously and you say, "I want a manual." Yeah, it's it's just it's a pain in the ass if you have a shitty salesperson. They're not going to try and move it. Except for when you go to Subaru, when you go, "Oh, I want a manual," they're like, "All right, yeah." yeah. Cool. Well, that's also more a Subaru. That yeah. I can't say for other Subarus. Well, we went to the Bloomington Subaru, and you know they, we were also, looking for. You know, your mom was in the you market, also, you and have the BRZ had I, just come out. I'm, I'm friends with the store with the dealership manager, okay. so it's like that one. Well, like we got kind of weird special treatment with that. Okay. So, but yeah. Anyway, uh, I think a lot of this whole manual take rate thing is just availability. Um, yeah, if you're not allocating a car for test drives on your lot, you are not going to get the take rate because you're going to get the 4% that's ordering the cars that will consistently keep ordering yeah. these cars. But, yeah, if you keep screwing them over and, like, belittling them and telling them that you want something you don't want, I mean, you're, you're, yeah. you're just going you're gonna to drive business away from your dealership this is whether another, or not they buy Another car. question. I'm sorry this keeps going on, but I, I keep having these questions in my mind. <laughs> what percentage of people originally shopping for a manual but were really put question. into an automatic, what percentage of them change brands with their next vehicle? Uh, that would be such a tough statistic yeah. to try to find data but on. The but conquest rate would be interesting on this. Yeah. Like because that, the BMWs lost it. Yeah. Because the Julio manual. Yeah. That's the thing. The, con- right. the conquest rate is, that, it must be just like. Phenomenal. Yeah, like this car is fine, but I really do want to get back into a stick for my next car. I would so I'll be curious to see if, like, in four years' time, two point T is not getting rave reviews as an engine. Well, it's yeah. a very old engine. I right. mean, this was born with the Genesis Coupe and, in 2011. So if you're an enthusiast, you might be pushed into the V6 anyway because you want an engine that has some character or life to it. So it's, reviews have not been great on that two point T for itself. It, that, that's that. That is a very very odd. Um, yeah, I'm kinda, sure it's a pretty kinda, kinda, engine. Yeah, that, 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 I think that that would be a, a very interesting to know, thing to know. It's the conquest, the conquest, conquest. But if you want a ra- new ratio, manual yeah. sports sedan, you have one option. Yeah, that's it. Like, don't buy an ATS if that's even sold. Like that thing's ancient and it's not that good. But the G70, yes, the power delivery is a little lumpy on that 2.0. I like a lumpy power delivery. Me too, which is why I love the Fiat. Yeah, like lumpy power <laughs> delivery is where it's at. Like. Give me lumpy power delivery <clears throat> over boring power delivery. Like, yeah, it has character. Like the the lumpiness of so uh, the Fiat is more fun to drive than an EcoBoost Mustang because it is lumpy. It's because it drives like an old school turbo car. Yeah, it's great. I want a big fat lump of power. Give yeah, that to me. Like, like it's just here's like yeah, here's a really laggy brick wall of torque. Yeah, and that's like, exactly that's, what I'm I want. Operate. My that sounds life. great. It is great. I miss right. that car. Let's. 
uh, round out the episode with cool. what we learned. All right. Uh, I will start because I actually do remember my what we learned <laughs> from. I learned this this week. <coughs> there is a breed of tarantula that is native to Peru that keeps small frogs as pets. Eric has a very confused face. It's turned into pain. The reason they do this is that it actually protects their eggs from uh, fire ants. The frog, it's a, symbi- it's a symbiotic relationship where the frog gets unlimited food and protection from predators, and in return, the tarantula gets to keep its babies safe. Like, that's a really, really cool thing. <laughs> I think that's like oh, my favorite my thing that I learned this week God. by far. That there is a. Would you like me to eat the name of the breed? No. Okay. I, I learned <laughs> this week that being on antibiotics actually makes you more susceptible to getting more sick. Yep. Oh, what happened to you? Don't worry about it. 2019 is almost over. Yeah, you're you're almost you're out of diseases to get. I think. You got a really bad sinus infection. Oh God. I learned this week. So I did a bunch of neuropsych testing, and one of them was a test to. Uh, gauge out my attention span and i literally scored zero cool yeah goldfish i was like (laughs) like it was funny because like you just like stared at this black computer screen and it had like a little orange block a box that flashed numbers at you Mm -hmm. and you were only supposed to press when it when they either told you one or like flashed one and Literally everything in the room distracted me, even though there was nothing to distract me. I was going to say, those rooms are typically pretty geared toward yeah, not having and, any distractions. And so so the person testing me was like, so IQ-wise and everything, you, you did brilliantly, but you got a zero. <laughs> and I was like, sounds right. <laughs> yep, I could have told you that. I was like, yeah, there was a few seconds there where... I didn't remember anything happening and then realized I was taking a test. Very fine. Yeah, for like 15 God. seconds, so that's great. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of what Well, learned. congratulations on your zero attention. I, I'm super proud of that. People are like, are you sad? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm proud. Like, that's I'm glad amazing. that there's data backing up yeah, what I knew. Exactly. <laughs> and very congratulations on learning why we like antibiotic-free uh, beef in our food. It's cool. not correlated. Yeah, no. That's no, because like, well, this is amoxicillin twice a day, so there's 400 wait, milligram Wait, is, is amoxicillin? Oh, you got the pills. That's not the. What was that yummy one no. that you had as a kid? Uh, I don't know, but this one. this was like the 12 days twice a day giant pill. Was that mox- amoxicillin? Yeah. There was a. But uh, the way antibiotics work ooh. is they really attack your stomach, so they're really good at targeting one cold but mm-hmm. while you're targeting that one you're really susceptible to other ones yep. so i guess this one is a uh, from amoxicillin uh, before i quit vaping i found out that there wasn't amoxicillin flavored vape juice that's it's not ca- a good flavor although modi seemed strangely attractive to my medication it's a delicious flavor it's if you like though. amoxicillin there's a vape juice for it Yuck. anyway now you know bye